Welcome to Sleep Cues, the everything baby sleep podcast. I'm Erin, pediatric sleep consultant and founder of The Happy Sleep Company. From catnaps to night wakes and regressions to teething, we cover all things baby sleep. With a passion for children's sleep, we're here to help tired families get healthy rest. Hello, moms and dads. Welcome back to Sleep Cues. It is the toddler preschooler edition of Q&A Tuesday today. So over the last week, I've gotten a particularly big number of questions about toddlers and preschoolers. A lot of the families that we work with have children who are under, I would say, 18 to 24 months of age, but we do work with children up to age six. It's just really common that parents reach out to us in the first year or two when they're struggling with sleep, but also we certainly deal with sleep challenges that families are having when they have a three-year-old or a four-year-old or even a five or six-year-old. And this week in particular, I just got a ton of questions about older children. So I thought, let's wrap those all into a Q&A Tuesday on the podcast that focuses specifically on slightly older children, so toddlers and preschoolers into the sort of four and five-year-old range. So first question for today. It's a good one to start with because it sort of rounds everything out because a lot of the sleep issues that children have at this age are around scheduling and napping. So the question is, when do kids stop napping? My son turned three last month and lately he's taking forever to fall asleep at his 8 p.m. bedtime. He naps for one to one and a half hours each day. Is it time to drop the nap? I would say probably. First answer is the answer to the question, when do kids stop napping? And the answer is usually between the ages of three and four. If your just turned two-year-old is resisting their nap, they likely are not ready to drop their nap. If a just turned two-year-old is resisting their nap, I always say it's because it's your two-year-old's job to resist everything that comes out of your mouth. They're a toddler now, that is why they are resisting their nap. Not because they're ready to stop napping, but because they just want to resist everything. They're going through a period where they are learning about and want a lot of control and independence. And so a toddler at that age will often resist their nap, but not be ready to go the whole day without any sleep. But usually between three and four years of age, children are ready to drop their nap and they'll show signs that they're ready to drop their nap in that they either won't fall asleep for the nap or they take a really long time to fall asleep or they will nap, but then have a very difficult time falling asleep at an age appropriate bedtime. So this mom had mentioned that her son just turned three and he used to go to sleep easily at 8 p.m., but now he's taking forever to fall asleep. And there are some antics at bedtime because he's just not tired enough is what I would suggest. So if a child is over the age of three, still having an hour to hour and a half nap during the day, but now really just not seeming tired at their eight o'clock bedtime, I would suggest it's probably time for them to start transitioning away from the nap. I know it's a sad day when your child stops napping because it's such a nice time for mom and or dad to get a break in the middle of the day, but there does come a time when the nap just becomes a hindrance to the nighttime sleep. So when you are transitioning your child out of that nap, I would say try to have some quiet time in the middle of the day instead, and really you're going to want to focus on an earlier bedtime. So a child who used to nap for an hour to an hour and a half in the middle of the day and go to bed at eight is probably going to need to go to bed at more like 6.30, even as early as 6 p.m. if they're not going to nap anymore. But yes, the answer to this question is that kids usually are ready to stop napping between three and four years of age. 
The next question I got is about struggling with bedtime for a three-year-old. So we've been struggling with bedtime for our three-year-old daughter. We have a bedtime routine consisting of bath, time to braid her hair. She gets five to 10 minutes on the iPad during that. We brush teeth. We read two to four books before bed. But as soon as we go upstairs to start the routine, she it seems like she catches a second wind. She starts running around, shrieking when we try to catch her. It just takes forever to move from one step of the process to the other. And the whole process can take two hours some nights. So we resort to taking away privileges. No toys in the bath. No watching kids bop the next day. Only one book because we took so long. So what can we do? A few answers here. The bedtime routine sounds great. So I love when a family has a good bedtime routine to help a child understand that bedtime is approaching and start to wind down and start to make that transition from daytime and playtime to their bedtime routine. One thing that mom said in this message was that this child gets five to 10 minutes on the iPad while they braid her hair. I really would try to avoid any screen time at all for your older child within about an hour and a half of when they're going to be laying their head down to sleep. It really does seem like it calms them down physically when we put them in front of a screen because they're not physically bouncing off the walls anymore. But now that bouncing around is going on in their little minds. The pictures, the sounds, the bright light emitted from the screen, it all inhibits their ability to wind down and go to sleep more easily. So while I know it can be tough, really try to avoid screen time during the bedtime routine. So these parents do the bath, brush teeth, read two to four books. I would try to stick with two books every night. If your child knows that there are different choices each night and some nights we might read two and some nights I might get four, it can really help your child to stall bedtime. So try to limit the number of books to two, but keep it the same every night so your child knows what to expect. And this parent also said that really the problem is as soon as they go upstairs to start the routine, it seems like their child is just kind of wired and isn't behaving or paying attention or going through the steps of the routine. So two things I would say about this. One is that a bedtime routine chart can really, really help. And if you check out our Instagram account at the Happy Sleep Company, you'll actually find a highlight in our highlights section about a toddler routine chart and how to create one. You'll see that it walks you through sort of taking a big piece of paper or Bristol board, getting some pictures of your child. So take a picture of your child in the bath and then on the potty and then brushing their teeth and then putting their pajamas on and reading their books and put those pictures on that piece of Bristol board and even get it laminated so it lasts longer. And then while you're off getting that laminated, you can also print off a sheet of their favorite character. Maybe it's Paw Patrol, maybe it's princesses. You get that sheet printed off and laminated as well. Get yourself some sticky tack and cut out those individual little characters. And now you've made yourself a bedtime chart. And also you've made yourself some reusable stickers to put on that bedtime chart. So you have the pictures on the chart. You have a space next to each of them for a little reusable sticker. And as your child goes through each element of their bedtime routine each night, you can have them put a picture or the little reusable sticker on the chart next to the element of their routine that they've just finished. This not only makes bedtime routine more interesting and intriguing and fun for your child, but it also helps move the bedtime routine along and helps reduce the stall tactics related to, oh, you know, I think we forgot to do X, Y, or Z. No, we didn't. See, it's on the chart. The sticker's there. We did those things. We're done. So that can help move bedtime along. The other thing that I would say to this parent 
is they mentioned it looks like their child gets a second wind when they go upstairs to start the bedtime routine. If that's the case, it could be that your child is overtired and was tired a little bit earlier, but now has actually kind of caught that second wind. So if this three-year-old daughter that you're speaking of doesn't nap anymore, but you're going to bed around, you know, trying to put her to bed around eight o'clock, she may be very tired and wired by the time you're trying to put her to bed. So I would suggest that if your three-year-old doesn't nap anymore, she may very well be catching a second win at bedtime and you might need to move the bedtime earlier, maybe as early as 6.30, even six o'clock if she's just turned three and she's not napping anymore. That's something to keep in mind. The other thing that I will mention about this is that mom in the message said that we sometimes resort to taking away privileges, like no watching kids bop the next day. So remember that for a three-year-old, the next day seems really, really far away. And if you threaten a consequence that's not going to happen until 16 hours from now, your child might not really register that. It might not really make sense to them, or it's not really a consequence that they see actually happening in their future. So if you're going to invoke some age appropriate consequences, you might want to consider them being a little more immediate so that your child actually understands that that is going to happen and it is going to happen soon so that it really does have a little more effect than something that's not going to happen until a day and a half from now. The next question I got in the toddler preschooler vein in my inbox was this. Hello, Erin, my son and granddaughter. So this is from a grandma. My son and granddaughter live with myself and my husband after my son gained full custody of his daughter at age two. She just turned four and she's still co-sleeping with her dad. Any recommendations to ease her transition to sleeping independently in her own room? So this is a really big step for a four-year-old who's been co-sleeping with her dad for at least a couple of years. So we really want to try to ease the child into this transition. The first thing I'll say is you want to make it fun for the four-year-old. So if she's going to be sleeping in her own room, make sure she likes her own room. Make sure it has the things that make her feel comfy or happy and some fun things in there. So think about going out and getting her some new sheets with her favorite characters on them. A lovey or a stuffy if she doesn't have one that she's really going to gravitate towards and find comfort in during this transitional time. Make sure that she feels safe and cozy and happy in her sleep space. That's a good place to start. The next thing you have to consider is how you're going to make this transition and ease her into it. I would not just take a child who's been co-sleeping with her dad for a couple of years, plunk her into a bed and say goodnight and hope she stays there because it's going to be a big change for her and she's going to need some support. What this dad might want to do is start with a transition with explaining to her that she's going to be sleeping in her own bed in her own room, but that dad's going to sit by her and hold her hand. And maybe he does that for a few nights. He's not going to lie in the bed because we're trying to move into independent sleep. She's not going to come into his bed because dad has now made the decision that he wants his bed back and he's hoping that his daughter will start sleeping in her own room and we don't want to confuse her by having her sleep in dad's bed when dad has made the decision to make this change. But dad is going to sit by her bed and hold her hand at the beginning of this big transition. And then maybe after a few nights, we're ready to sit beside her, but not hold her hand, but you're still there for her. And then maybe after another few nights, we're able to sit a little further away from the bed. And then maybe after another few nights, even further away from the bed until we get to the point where we're comfortable leaving the room altogether because your child is now comfortable with this new sleep situation because it's not so new anymore. And she's now gotten used to it with some help through the transition and lots of love and support and reassurance and physical presence from dad. 
So that might be a way to help your granddaughter get through that transition. And I also got asked this, my four-year-old's bedtime routine takes a long time. I give choices to help the transition, which toothbrush, which books, bath before teeth or after, etc. He takes what seems like forever to make a choice. He gets distracted by something else going through drawers, getting a band-aid for a non-existent boo-boo, wanting a brand new toothbrush, etc., etc. After long days, I lose my patience easily. How can we speed things up while still enjoying the end of our day together? So what we want to do is, first of all, commend this parent for offering choices. That is an incredibly important thing to do with a four-year-old. It is hard to be four. It's hard to be three. You know, they're kind of told what to do all day long when you really think about it. You know, it's time to go to daycare. Stop what you're doing and put your shoes on. I need to go to the grocery store right now. Quit your Lego castle. Let's go. And your child doesn't want to stop what they're doing, but they're not really left with much choice in those situations because things have to be done. So when you can offer your child choices, it's such a good idea to do that, to help them feel more part of the process and as though they have some decision-making power. So some of the choices that this mom asked about in this message are great. We have two toothbrushes. Which one do you want to use tonight? We are going to read two books. Why don't you choose between these four? Which toothpaste do you want to use if you have two kinds of toothpaste? And not just at bedtime, but during the daytime as well. So would you like pizza or pasta for lunch? You need to have a fruit with your lunch. You can pick the fruit from the fridge. We have three options in there. You know, so those are some really good ideas for choices that you can give your child. What we want to avoid is overwhelming them with choices. So if you happen to have a stockpile of 15 toothbrushes in the back drawer of your bathroom cupboard, we don't let your child rifle through those and pick one because it's going to become overwhelming. We don't make that an option. We pick between the two toothbrushes that are in the toothbrush holder. Books, we don't have your child go through their entire bookcase of books every night. It's going to become a stall tactic and it's also going to get very overwhelming. So keep a few books, maybe four in sight, available for choosing, and then tell your child, we're going to read two books. You get to choose between these four. So this can make it less overwhelming, but still give your child some choices. And then the other side of this is creating some boundaries. If you know that your child does not have a boo-boo, then I would avoid getting a band-aid for the non-existent boo-boo. This is where you don't give the choice and you say, you know, you move your child on to the next element of the routine. You explain there is no boo-boo and oh, look, we need to move on to the next section of our chart because what we do need to do is brush our teeth. We don't have a boo-boo, so we don't need a band-aid. We do have some dirty teeth from that dinner that we just had, so we are going to brush our teeth. Now, would you choose your toothbrush? Give them choices, but make sure we stay on track and create some boundaries around things that you are very confident are stall tactics that we need to move past in order to get your child to bed at a reasonable time and get them an age-appropriate amount of rest. And the final question that I'll touch on today in this toddler preschooler episode of the sleep cues is this one and it's about transitioning to overnight visits with dad but it's also a really good question to answer with regards to just travel and creating a familiar feeling sleep environment so the actual question was hi how can i help my two-year-old daughter with transitioning to having overnight visits with her dad she just started and i've had conversation with 
conversations with her to ease her, but I'm wondering what the research says to help my daughter emotionally through this process. So you really, of course, want to think about the fact that your daughter's only two. This is a lot for her to comprehend, and it's a big change when she goes from one place to another. So it's great that you're having that conversation. Another good thing to do is just the physical element of it. So cognitively, it's a lot for her to understand. So physically, what can we do to help it feel safe and comfy and familiar to her? And that's where I was going when I said this is also a good question that just relates to your child sleeping anywhere that's less familiar than home. That's a question I get really often. How can I make a different sleep environment feel better to my child and have them go to sleep well in that unfamiliar or less familiar environment? What are some of the steps I can take? Talking about it for sure is a great idea, but making it feel familiar and similar to what they're used to can go a long way towards helping them feel comfortable in that space. So for this particular mom who asked me about her two-year-old transitioning to overnight visits with dad, make sure that dad has created a space in his home that is similar, as similar as possible to what your daughter is used to at your home. Even if it means getting the same sheets, that might be helpful, but making sure that you send your daughter's lovey or have a duplicate lovey at dad's house so we always have that transitional object between the two homes. If there are particular things she's used to at your house, make sure dad is on board with having the same things. If she's used to sleeping in a really dark room, then make sure dad has blackout blinds and curtains or use a portable blackout blind at dad's house to make the room environment similar. If she's used to sleeping with a sound machine, make sure dad has a sound machine or send one when you're doing the transition. You know, those kinds of things are things that she's very used to make her feel comfortable around sleep help her body and her brain understand now it is time for sleep so even if i'm in an unfamiliar space or a less familiar space the things around me are very familiar these are the things that i associate with what sleep time is and they make me feel cozy and comfortable if you have a couple of books that you normally read at bedtime. Certainly by the time your child is getting towards two and three years of age, they have usually a big opinion about what you're going to read and it changes often. But other times a child is really stuck on some particular books. So if there are particular books that your child is currently loving to read at bedtime and wants to read them over and over every night, send those to dads because again, that's going to help your child feel like, okay, I've got my usual stuffy, my bed looks similar, it's a nice dark quiet room, I've got this book that I read every night with mom and now dad's reading the same book to me. I feel cozy. I feel comfy. This feels familiar to me and this feels like, okay, it's a safe space to go to sleep. So the best thing to do is make it as familiar feeling as possible. Scheduling is also really key. So whether it is a child who's transitioning to having overnight visits with dad or whether you're just going on vacation and you're going to be in a different place or your child is going to be sleeping at grandma's house, scheduling is still going to be really important. Your child's body clock is probably pretty used to going down around the same time each night, so try to keep it as similar as possible when your child is in other places, because the closer you get to their normal bedtime, the more ease their body clock is going to have with going down comfortably around that time, even in an unfamiliar space. So in this case, 
In this case, make sure that dad is really aware of what your child's schedule is, when she normally goes to bed, when you know bedtime routine begins and when the lights go out, because she's probably going to have a much easier time falling asleep if she goes down at a time that she's used to. So I hope that wraps up some of those really helpful questions that people pose to us for toddlers and preschoolers. Much like infants, there are some really common similar questions and struggles that parents have when it comes to two to four, five, six-year-olds. And so some of the ones that we covered today are among those. Scheduling and routines are really among the most important things that we can keep in mind when it comes to older children. So I hope that was helpful. Always feel free to send in your DMs or your emails, and we can include some of your questions in the next Q&A Tuesday episode of the podcast. And I hope everybody has a great week. Thanks for listening to Sleep Cues, the everything baby sleep podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode with a mom or dad who might need some rest. Connect with us on Instagram at The Happy Sleep Company and check out our website, thehappysleepcompany.com for loads of blogs, sleep guides, and information about how we work with families one-on-one to get sleep on track.